If your healthcare was a competitive advantage, that would do a lot of the recruiting for you. That would increase retention, reduce turnover, because they wouldn't be able to get the kind of deal you're offering them anywhere else. How valuable would it be if for the next four years you didn't have to cost shift to your employees and they can keep all of their pay raise every year? Hey, hey, welcome to the show. Another night here. Heads up advisor. Keep bringing them to you tonight. Talk a little bit about the great resignation. Things to say on those cold calls. We've getting a lot of a lot of guys calling us up and asking, what should I be saying? How do I say it? You know, look, it's definitely not always what you say. It's how you say it. But are there different things that you could say maybe to spark interest? Because the whole goal is we're just trying to get appointments set. Right. Yeah. The goal is not to sell them on a product. The goal is to set the appointments. What do you say, Craig? Uh, say that it's really simple to have a conversation. I mean, look, guys, you can't open your app on your phone. You can't watch television without hearing about inflation, inflation, inflation. Right. And the government's admitting to 8.3% inflation and going up. And so, how about this as an introduction? So I don't suppose you've shopped for groceries, got put gas in your car, had to pay rent, or tried to refinance your mortgage. But you know, the cost has skyrocketed. The government is publishing 8.3% inflation. Did your employees get an 8% pay raise this year? Hello? There's your conversation because, oh, and then the, you know, the next point you can make is, hmm, um, what kind of cost shift have you had to share with your employees in, in terms of healthcare contributions each year, last three years? What about this year? Hmm. So another point, Hey, if inflation's at 8.3% historically, I don't know, for the last three decades, healthcare inflation means it's normally going to be two to three times at least what the published inflation is, ergo, if it's 8% that the government's admitting to, now you know as well as I do, gasoline's 43% average across the United States. For the first time in history, gasoline prices in my state in California are almost seven bucks a gallon. LA, so, that's what it is, 805, 805 in LA, $8.05 <laughs> a gallon. That's probably Beverly Hills, yeah. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, I think, look, you're trying to create sizzle on these on these cold calls, and and I actually happened to be talking to a friend of mine yesterday that started doing calls for solar, and I said, "Look, oh. you know, you got to ask them a question. Say, look, you see eight percent inflation out there. You and I both know that's bull crap because in Las Vegas, gas has gone up a hundred percent in the last year. Now, how much money are you spending a month on on your electric?" Uh, 500 a month. All right, you're spending $6,000 a year. Our product has shown to save 50%. $3,000 more a year that can help you with the cost of gasoline, those other things that are affecting you right now. I mean, you know, things like that. Bob, let me ask you a question. You see the inflation that's going on. Your employees, you thought they were financially stressed the year before. What do you think things are like right now? And if you're calling a blue-collar manufacturing company, which are great candidate for self-funding because tighter weight, lower wages, tighter margins, 
employer has to pay more for the benefits, more pressure on them. You can't lay that off to your employees. Yeah. Bob, you know it's coming on the horizon with healthcare because you see inflation everywhere else. And you and I both know you can't lay it off to your employees because their gas went up 100%. Their groceries are up 50%. They're already spending more than they make. If you do lay it off to them, how many are going to leave? How many are going to actively pursue options elsewhere because, you know, they just can't pay their bills? Yeah, basically the number says the number of voluntary separations or quits currently equals 4.4 million in April. That means 1.9 openings for every unemployed American, right? So people are leaving. They're looking better for better jobs. You call it the great resignation. This is an employee market right now. If you're a business owner, it's tough. I don't need to tell you if you're listening. It is this market where if you're an employee, go negotiate with your employer. And, you know, what people are going to want to, and my brother's in corporate, and he's fighting every three to six months for more money. It never ends with him. I'd never want to hire him. He's a pain in the freaking ass. He'd want to own my company after six months. He'd be like, you know, I feel like yeah. I should have 70% equity because I do all the work now. <laughs> That's my brother. Now, he's he's pushed and got very far in life because of that. Um, but back to the point is, is you know, we, we talked before about, okay, we're going to have to pay more money. We're going to have to give employees more money so they don't leave. What is the point of employee benefits, Craig? It's a benefit for working for me. So now it's come back into play, guys, where you can sell the benefit and go, look, I got a way for you to give to your employees that's going to cost you less than everybody else. And that's by increasing the benefit plan, right? We're going to change your benefit plan and get the benefits richer. Yeah, that means you're going to spend more money in healthcare, but collectively, the value that delivers Versus what you're going to have to give them in their paycheck is going to be less. You know, there's different stories that you can tell and different needs based on the different companies. And, you know, maybe you're going to give them a raise, but you're not going to give them what they're asking for. And maybe you're going to bump the benefits up and do, you know, a company-wide uh, announcement. You know, what do you think? I think you're right on. I mean, you know, the reality is it's a very simple thought process you have to go through to decide how do I have a cogent conversation with a prospect? Usually HR for most employee benefit people, that's fine. You're lucky if it's finance because that's a different conversation, but it's easy too. And so, you know, what about how important is the healthcare medical insurance for the culture of your company? Or, you know, after wages, how important is the health insurance to your employees? Do you believe, do you think, do you feel like the healthcare plan increases retention, reduces turnover? What about, do you believe that the healthcare plan at your company is a competitive advantage? Right? And now you got conversations. And when you tie in the, the uh, inflation and the healthcare you know, wreck that is headed towards everybody. You know, you just have to look at the data. I just pulled up some stuff for the call today. Look, this is the reality. Every every other article is about financial stress and its impact on mental health in a post-COVID world, right? So financial well-being is all the rage. So here's some data just came out today. 
41% of surveyed employees feel that finances control their life. 31% are behind on their finances. 47% are concerned that the money, the little money they have won't last. 45% say they're just barely getting by. 49% feel like they could handle a major expense. Hey, how about debt? Oh, the beautiful American way. You know, here's a, here's a story. Uh, 1700s, 1800s, even to the early 1900s, we had things called debtor's prison. Debt was considered no-go. You, you couldn't have debt. And, and companies couldn't offer financing. So it all happened in the auto industry. When Ford rolled out his cars, it was cash only. Consequently, a very limited number of people could afford the price tag to buy a new Ford. Well, eventually, a company called Chrysler, they made cars. There were lots of companies that made cars. Well, Chrysler was catching on and they offered financing. That was unheard of. And so they were so successful and they sold so many cars to people who could afford the financing but didn't have a lump sum of money that Ford had to do it. And then the rest became history. So now look at the average American. 66% have credit card debt outstanding. Obviously, the majority of people have mortgage debt. Uh, personal loan debt, separate from a credit card, four out of 10 Americans. Student loans, 36%. Average balance, $26,000. But maybe that'll be less if there's a $10,000 jubilee, thanks to the White House. Well, um, things are going, things are coming down. The sky yeah, is I mean, you know, there's soon. just, your employees are under so much financial pain and stress that, that your inability to control the healthcare costs is only going to make it worse. And so it's it's really a significant deal and, and something you should help them prioritize yeah this is look guys we're selling pain here right we talk about a sell the pain push on the pain or no find the pain push on the pain sell around the pain uh you got to do it or else there's no reason you know if you're going to meetings and you're just pitching a product or just like it's a pitch fest you know just yeah. run into a template it's just not gonna it's not gonna stick as often story of, of two paul says if there was only way to give zero copay for brand medications while spending less yes got a group <laughs> shout out to paul pruitt sharks got a group that yeah. i personally manage about 80 something lives two hundred thousand dollars year one savings on pharmacy spend and yeah. i said to, i said to the client at renault i go look what you're not understanding is had you been fully insured your claims would have been $200,000 more, okay? That means your renewal is going to be predicated off of that and those claims. What do you think that would look like? Oh, I didn't think of that. Makes sense. Anyhow. Yeah, you have to spoon feed them, right? You're painting a picture, basically. <sighs> Resell the strategy every year. And, you know, we, we, we're getting a gentleman on, I forget the name, for the benchmarking tool. You know, tool, and, and this is great great time to show your your prospects even your clients here's what the market looks like here's what your competition is doing right now here's where your benefit plan stacks up against your peers because this is what you're going to be up against with hiring right now you think they're asking everything it's an employee market they want to know the money they want to know the benefits they want to know the vacation yeah. days i'm getting calls from people to work for us and, and Early in the conversation, they ask how many vacation days, and I'm kind of like, they're not all. shy. 
What's in I'm, it for I'm me, buddy? Kinda at all. I'm like, I would never ask that question. Right? But this is the mentality and the mindset. They're not des- They're not needy right now. Nobody's needy. And mm-hmm. so, again, we're just trying to give you some ideas here as we're in the market, as we're hearing things from other brokers, as, you know, we're cold calling. I got a guy in the office that books 40 appointments a month for, for employers. So I get to hear a lot of what's going on, things that are working, things that aren't, and and tweaking it a bit here because, you know, we're going into summer here essentially, but, you know, winter is coming. And if you're not starting that marketing campaign, uh, you're going to be in trouble. You're, they're just not going to get the opportunities in the fourth quarter. I think it could be a great fourth quarter. I'm always optimistic about them. Yeah. But you just hey. got to be prepared. What what the heck are you going to say when you finally get the opportunity? It isn't difficult. It's just a story you tell yourself. It, it's just, you know, there's just ammunition laying around everywhere, right? Talking about financial stress of your employees and inflation and insurance carriers making record profits and on and on and on and on. And, you know, look, John, it, couldn't you just at the end of the day, I mean, couldn't you just very easily walk into a prospect and say, I just want to paint you a picture, tell you a story about the experience that employees had at this company before I came in. And when we went to the pharmacy, they had this experience and the docs and the specialists and the hospital and surgery and, and emergency room and prescriptions. Okay. And then we got involved. They got strategic. They listened to a experienced consultant. And now look, look, look what happened to the story of a typical employee when they went here and here and here and here. And, you know, you, you just tell them this great story about before and after. Yeah. I mean, here, tilt your camera down a little bit there, Craig. Yeah. Look, I think the reality is, is that's an opportunity that you can go in and have a conversation with. Right. I, it's funny you mentioned this. I am currently working on uh, case study uh, templates for Virtue Health. And if your advisor doing business with Virtue Health, uh, we'll we'll draft up the case study for you in our branding, then one in yours. We'll get you a checkout. I mean, guys, go wave the flag uh, on what you're doing for your clients. So, you know, this is this is a marketing piece here. Okay. Let the client speak for you. Right. Here's one of my my main case studies. And look, guys, you only need to have one really good one to have the show, right? Don't think you need 20 accounts doing it. Look, 1.3 million over five years on a 55 live group, right? Here's the PEPY. I'm editing this PDF still. 1.3 million. Here's how we stack up, so on and so forth. And so this is something that you could start out with and say, look, let me just give you an example of what we've done. Does this sound of interest to you? Is this something that would be helpful for your organization? No? Okay, bye. See you later. (laughs) I mean, that's the what, hard thing to do. What, what, what are you trying to do here with your benefit yeah. plan? Because I can't help that. you if you don't want to be helped. We're really interested and we really like you and we'd just like you to give us a quote. <laughs> don't fall for it. We thought you were great. We thought you were great. We really mm-hmm. liked you. But, you know, next year, next year. Um, next year. But, yeah, showing them competition because, look, go against. Shit, did I lose my video? Go, go in yeah. there and show the competition and say, hey, this is what's going on right now in the market. You you know it. I know it. And and here's what your how your plan stacks up. How do you feel about that? Is that something you'd like to change? Because you yeah. may want to go in again, instead of pitching, saving money and self-funding, pitching, hey, what if we increase the benefits for what you're paying now or 10% more? 
how much of effect would that have to yeah. your employees as far as retention goes? Because God forbid, if you're trying to hire employees right now, it's very difficult to find good people. And that's because most people, most companies are smart. They don't, they're not going to let the good people go. Okay. So you want to do the same thing as an employer is retaining talent. John Clay says 65% of people are looking this year of those 44% have begun the process of looking. Yeah. People are smartening up. It's that type of market. Crazy. What do you see? You're working with larger employers, Craig. What are you seeing on that side? Yeah, they're all complaining. They're all challenged and they're all frustrated by the same things we are. It's tough to find people. And so they default to the easy button, right? So what do they do? Shoot, they're all throwing money at at new new hires. $5,000 signing bonus, $10,000 signing bonus. And it's... You know, if you just had healthcare, your if your healthcare was a competitive advantage, that would do a lot of the recruiting for you. That would increase retention, reduce turnover, because they wouldn't be able to get the kind of deal you're offering them anywhere else. How valuable would it be if for the next four years you didn't have to cost shift to your employees and they could keep all of their pay raise every year? Would that be meaningful? Because at the end of the day, if it's not, you got to whip out or and clap on them and go, look, I, I'm not going to work harder at this saving your company money than you're willing to. I'm glad you brought or and clap up because I completely forgot what I was going to talk about was. So coming out of COVID, you know, he talks about the big picture. Things are changing. Right. So I had I had put together a presentation and had the big COVID ball spinning. I hit the button. It comes in spinning post COVID. Here's what you got to worry about. Right. You've got to come up with a story that. The world is changing. Things are changing. The market is changing. You're going to get left behind, right? And then what does he talk about? You know his format better than any. The big, you know, the big idea, right? The flash roll. Flash roll is your case study. The big idea. Uh, what's the book? Orrin Clef. Um, pitch anything. Pitch anything. And look, guys, read through it. But, you know, it's not necessarily just pitch. It's going to be a little could tweak it to our industry right because you can't exactly. just come in don't pitch. be so god darn literal people yeah i mean even jordan belford stuff if you're listening you haven't read yeah. the the way of the wolf you're an idiot you're missing out it's absolute fire the information in that book and it works right. tweak it to your industry yes some might sound boilerish some may sound not appropriate for us but you don't use it that way you're still using the 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 nlp you're using uh, the certainty, the, you know, all the different things he talks about in that call tonality. I was telling somebody yesterday, look, you got to work on tonality on that first on pitching these meetings, right? Yeah. Whispering, We're, very powerful, little pausing, different things like that. Lots of pausing, right? It, the pausing to slow down, right? There was, I can't remember what it was called, but president Obama was really good at it. So when you're doing a speech, it's like no more than four words, maybe five but preferably four words at a time. And then you pause and it, and it just brings the person in. It really, it really makes them listen. It's just the way our brains are wired. People want to lean in. And so you have to do things like that. You have to, you have to study things like that to figure out it ain't the features and benefits pals. It, it, that's not what sells anything. It's your ability to reach into their heart and figure out, you know, where their real challenges are and get them to be vulnerable and actually share that with you. Pick, pick up a book on psychology. 
Got a yeah. friend, got a friend here in Vegas that I had met with, and she was talking about the psychology degree in psychology, and they analyze everything you say when you're sitting with them. It's so interesting. Then they say stuff back. You're like, holy shit, because they understand like human psychology. Do you know how yeah. beneficial and how, is, right? how much of an edge that would be if you're in a meeting to pick up on the things that they say, what they're really saying? Okay. And yeah. yes, it comes with experience, but yeah. you want to shortcut. Guys, guys is harder than women, right? So guys, if you're just sitting there waiting to talk, that means you're not listening. If you're not listening, you're not really hearing the message in the words that they're using. And so you're waiting to talk and then you jump on them. And then what do you do? You, you trigger, you trigger this defensive response. And so it really is, it's this battle of you, all of us, right? Figuring out how to deliver clarity, certainty, and confidence into the prospect so that they don't have issues, right? So that when you ask them the questions that really go deep, not surfacey stuff, then as they're explaining it to you, they're getting the clarity and the certainty and the confidence that they need to say yes to you to change and to change to you. And ultimately that's what most of you are trying to do. Yes, sir. Self-destination. Hey, show sponsor, Virtue Health. Check us out. Got a webinar next Tuesday. Going to keep going to keep running them. Going to keep running them. Let me, let me share your screen. Check out virtuealliance.com. Okay. Where is the window here? I'm going to pull mm. it up. All right, not so easy here. Why traditional stop loss fails small to mid-sized businesses and gets brokers fired? We see it time and time again, guys. Unfortunately, I hate to see people get fired, but if you're taking people into a self-funded health plan, do try to understand what you're doing and have the right plan in place, have the right protection, uh, you know, or it's only going to bite you in the ass at the end of the day. And that's, you know, that's not the goal. You're selling a long-term strategy. Right. You need a long term solution, because if you if you can't keep your promises with that prospect, year one or that client you're taking self-funded, well, you lose what confidence and certainty in them. Right. And so, again. You're going to have to uh, attend that webinar next Tuesday, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific time. Go ahead and register at virtualliance.com. Go to the event section. You'll see the webinar. I still don't uh, understand how these brokers can tell you, John, that, you know, well, the client thinks self-funding is too risky and fully insured is the safe play. <laughs> it's like, okay, see, this is where I think one of the core challenges, core problems for brokers is they're afraid, literally afraid to challenge their customer. And they're afraid to even more so to challenge a prospect. Because to me, the way my brain works, which obviously, okay, admittedly is probably different and strange, but Nonetheless, if you're fully insured and this client is telling you this, this prospect is telling you this, and you just walk them through with some really honest questions, you know, so the insurance company, I don't know, let's see off the top of my head here, they got a lot of hidden profit margins. I mean, they have a profit margin in general, but hidden profit margins in, I don't know, stop loss, spread pricing on pharmacy and even claims, 
what about the commissions? <laughs> I don't think they call them commissions. Compensation for uh, uh, claim errors, their own claim errors. What about the 80 to 85% auto adjudication? What about the auto escalation clauses inside the charge master contracts? What about the at best opaque transparency on any kind of pricing data whatsoever? What about medical loss ratios? And their total, while trying to comply with the Affordable Care Act, it's a total conflict of interest with the employer, the way the MLRs are structured. They're inherently not in the employer's best interest. I mean, if you just walk through all of these components, and oh, by the way, you don't know the price of anything until after your people have utilized it. I mean, that is a guaranteed failure, as witnessed by the 30 years, last 30 years, that healthcare goes up and up and up and is now basically 20% of our gross domestic product in the United States, which is preposterous. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's wild times out there for the employers. And, uh, you know, look, you, you're trying to create some pain. You're trying to get them to start thinking differently about certain things. Yeah. And you've got to, you know, you've got to remind them, right? It's like a person that get, has trauma in the past. If you mind remind them of the trauma, maybe they take action because they don't want that to happen again. I'm not saying you're selling trauma to the employers, but in a way you want to remind them, do you, see what's going on do you do you see the price of gas see the price of this right and and people because people forget it they think of themselves they think of you know what's going on in their life and they don't care so um you know are you guys gonna wait to see what happens in the market or are you gonna try to get ahead of it and make changes because change is inevitable it's whether you're gonna do it now or you're gonna do it yeah. later are Those you gonna be approaches. in five years you know yeah. and so we're able to give you a second opinion here. I, I was talking to one of my clients today. The guy, um, the guy, he just he's super aggressive and owns 30 something real estate properties now, took all his money from the business. And, you know, he, he's talking about it and, and all the changes and different things that's going on right now. And uh, he's talking about, you know, you look, you got to have, you got to have a couple advisors, John, because I was like, I want to get in real estate. Can you tell me, you know, happy if you could teach me anything of it. You got to have a different accounts. One tells you one, one tells you they're not right. You got to have more than one. I said the same thing applies for benefit advisors, man. 98% of them out there don't understand anything. And so that's yeah. a story you can tell. Bob, how many accounts do you have? Do you have one for your business? Do you have one for tax strategy? Do you have one for real estate that just specializes in that? Okay. This is what we specialize in. That's why you want us. Okay. Yeah. We can leave your broker in place. We can help with the yeah. implementation. We can help, I'm sorry, with the strategy. By the way, who pays the broker on your case? Oh, it's not you. Well, well, let's just put that on the shelf for just a second. It's not you. So who pays the broker? Oh, the health insurance company does. Does the health insurance company have money? No. They have your money. Don't they? You pay them a premium. And out of the premium, in your mind, well, the insurance company is paying the broker. Okay. But really you are, but you have a different set of expectations. If you didn't have the insurance carry involved and you were paying the broker directly. So this whole obfuscation of the insurance carrier pays the broker 
has twisted the employer marketplace into somehow thinking that they're like two steps removed. And so they can and have, you know, look for 25 years. It's like, you know, if you're in a market with Anthem and Humana and United in your state, you know, it's like, well, I mean, this is, these are the options. I mean, you have Anthem and here's the United and Humana quote. And every year you do the same dance. Boop, 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 boop. 10 years go by and, you know, they're paying twice as much as they were 10 years ago. And they accept that. So, you know, you just have to kind of help people understand that it's probably nothing like the way they think it is. Yeah, it's uh, wild out there to say the least. I got but that's an opportunity. Today. I think uh, I think we covered what we needed to cover today. I gave you some ideas. Yeah. Just here to bring you ideas. Keep, keep, keep listening, keep learning. We got 20-something people on the live here on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook. If you're listening on the podcast, check us out live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Join in the conversation. We got some comments today. People feeling... uh. They want to comment today. It's surprising. Again, Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, 11 a.m. Pacific time, virtualalliance.com. Go ahead and register. I'm going to teach you a little bit about self-funding, what pitfalls to avoid with your clients, with prospects, how to do it the right way. We're going to break it down for you. So, as always, thanks for joining us. Keep listening. Keep learning. We'll see you next week. Same place, same time. We'll be here. Be good. Be good.